Tom Rockley from the Brisbane Lions. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. David Mundy from the Fremantle Dockers. Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Bob Murphy from the Western Bulldogs. That's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club. I am Andrew Sloy from the North Melbourne Football Club. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. Hi, I'm Gary Ablett from the Gold Coast Suns, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from coachespanel.com.au, and for your official Dream Team episode. And it is a monster for you as we talk all things Dream Team. Head over to sportsdeck.com and start making the moves and adjustments you need to your side because, my friend, the multi-buy rounds are here. And added to that, you've got a Thursday night game with a vice-captaincy loophole. To help me talk through all the big decisions and dilemmas facing Dream Team coaches this week, that's just about every single week. I've got Fish on the line. Hello. G'day, man. Nice to have you. Now, before we talk about anything further this week, coaches need to be clear that Brisbane, Carlton, Melbourne, St Kilda, Sydney, and Western Bulldog players are out of action for you this week. If you've gone to sportsdeck.com, you've no doubt seen the blue marking in that top right-hand corner of the player. That's letting you know they are on the buy this week. You cannot use them. Added to that, as we alluded to just moments ago, is the round has a Thursday night loophole option. That means Port players and Hawks players, let's be honest, Fish, people are all going to go for Tom Mitchell if they've got him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you put the yep. vice-captaincy on whoever of that those two sides you like, and then you can either choose to take the captaincy score or not. Of course, feel free to put it on one of your guys that are on the buy round this week. Absolutely no problem. A thing that can catch coaches out, though, is that once you make trades and it hits the partial lockout of Thursday's games, you are unable to reverse any of your trades. Even if they don't include Port or Hawthorne players, you can't reverse your trades. So if you're pulling the trigger after the Thursday night game kicks off, make sure you're fully happy with it because you cannot reverse the trades. Good thing to not get caught out by. All right, mate. Well, before we go any more in-depth into some things, I... I think there's a couple of big things I want to talk about, and probably one of the big decisions facing coaches this week is what to do with Scott Selwood. He's currently averaging 119. He's priced just over 330,000. A break even of negative 52. I think it's our second best break even of the round. On current form, you'll be able to play him for the year, and history has shown us that at times. Scooter is absolutely one of the best dream team scorers going around, but you do have to go back a number of years to when John Worsfold was coaching the West Coast Eagles, and he was playing a similar-ish role to what he's doing now at Geelong. However, there are two big questions coaches have. One, around his long-term durability to make it through the year, and two, is he a stepping stone or is he a premium you keep on your field? There's a lot of questions with Scooter and, you know, we can probably talk for the next hour even about the pros and cons of of getting him in. I think most people would be looking at him purely from the fact that, yes, he's gone 100-100 back-to-back. At this stage of the year, um, those types of guys are invaluable and his price is the other thing, you know, when you consider that most of the premium midfielders you're looking at are going to be in the mid-fives to 600s. Yeah. I mean, you can pick up a guy for 200000 300000 less who's averaging the same, but something to look at. On the flip side of that, you do have to look at whether or not he's going to do that for the remainder of the year. And we did speak a little bit about it last week. I joked and said that 17 tackles is unsustainable, and he came out and did pretty yeah. much the, the same thing the very next week. Yeah. Um, 
probably looking at the matchups, you know, they play the Crows this week. You can see him in a run with role with Rory Sloan, who's, um, you know, back to form a little bit. Maybe it's not unfeasible that he pumps out another 15 tackles again this week and, and does it again. So, look, it's, it's something I think, given the absolute lack of real quality rookies that are appearing on the horizon, um, that aren't sort of round 13 guys yes. that are going to throw out team balance, you've got to look at it in that factor. So, you know, your best case scenario with Scooter is that you get him in at his price and he continues to go 100. He's probably not going to get, you know, the, that many tackles a week, as we said. Um, but if he can pick up his ball, you know, a little bit more, a few mm. more kicks, and, and he did that in his big years. He got, you know, his 25, 30 possessions a week with his eight or nine tackles. So yeah. it's not unfeasible that he can actually do that by running into a bit of form, you know, getting into the actual midfield rotations like he is. And uh, even in that tagging role, he's done it in the past. So that is a possibility. But on the other hand, you also have to look at the fact that maybe he he doesn't get the ball that he does and he just becomes an 85 to 90 type guy from here on out. Look, if he does that, it's fine in my opinion. Um, at worst, he can get to an M9. Um, mm-hmm. At best, he gets to a very decent price, you know, 450, 500 even. And you can very easily just bump him across to, to a fallen mid-premium. So... When you look at it that way, the possibilities of going with him, if everything works out, it almost seems too hard to ignore. But you do have to be aware of the fact that things don't always go to plan um, and you may have to use two trades with yeah. Scooter to get him to another premium. So that, that's one thing to look at, I think. But if it doesn't go to plan, can your side carry that two trades or can they carry a Scooter yeah. um, at an M9 and just work back from there? Yeah, look, it's going to be really interesting and unique for every single side. A lot of people, when you look at the most popular trades this week, around about 3% of coaches are moving Barrett on it to Selwood. I can understand that. Similarly with Balak is another one. Uh, Aaron Black they're using to maximize some DPP potential to be able to make that trade happen. One that I do find fascinating, it's the fourth most popular trade this week in Dream Team so far, is the trade of Sam Powell Pepper to Scott Selwood. And while I understand it from a perspective of this is the way they can go and get Scott Selwood, you're only going to be... I thought if you're holding on to Sam Powell Pepper at this point of the year now, if you didn't get rid of him pre-buy for Port Adelaide, he was going to be important for you to get you through this next three weeks rather than trade him out, seeing as though, barring injury, he's going to be guaranteed to play the next three weeks. Yeah, I... I had a bit of a look at Sam Powell Pepper as well, and he's just, you know, because of the way that things have worked out, has ended up in my side. I'm, mm. I'm actually looking at trading him out this week as well. Um, just working through the numbers, and over the next two weeks, I'm pretty okay in terms of players on the field. But I think if you've got him, don't feel compelled that you actually have to keep him just because he's made it this far through. Trading into a cell was okay because most teams aren't, you know, really heavy in those round 12 by players. So you get probably a jump maybe of, you know, best case scenario, 40 points a week yeah. over this week. Worst case scenario, it might be 20 points a week. That's just sort of where I see it. If you can carry that into your next round's buy, it's not the worst thing to do. If you keep sell, uh, sell. Sam Powell Pepper, on the other hand, trading him next week to one of the, the round 11 premiums isn't the worst thing to do either because mm. you're still going to have that player on that spot the whole way through the buy. So scooter to him... Um, I think it can be looked at. Yeah, you know, we all talked about the fact that we were going to keep him. Sure. he roll through. he play every week through the buys. But you've got to adapt and you've got to change depending on what happens by the week. And I think that's certainly 
it's a trade that improves your team. So it doesn't cost you anything to do it. Yes, Scooter does miss one of the buy rounds, but I think with the way that the break-even is, it's something that's going to make you cash and certainly get your points to your side. Just right. how many? Well, that's just going to happen. We'll have to see. Yep, no, fair enough too. Look, I'm intrigued about what Coach is doing about Nat Fife. From a seasonal average, he's going at 92. However, that's really inflated by that first three weeks where he was averaging about 110. In his last five, he's averaging 80. At the start of the year, coaches thought he was value at under 600000 He's now dropped $114,000 at 471000 uh, Around about half the competition own him, maybe even just a fraction more. It's almost at the point now where he's got no value left to trade. Here's the dilemma I can see almost half of the Dream Team community in. Do I use Nat Fife as a step away to make up, you know, $150,000 by moving down to Scott Selwood, preparing to upgrade next week? Because at the moment, I'm going to be getting an improved scoring. So that is that thought. And then the second thought is, can you have Fife and Selwood as a pairing of maybe an M8 and an M9? Or is that too risky and certainly not an ideal scenario? I think with Fife, um, if I had him, I'd be waiting until we buy around to do anything with him. Sure. Just to, he's the type of guy that can come out the next week and go bang. Look, his form hasn't shown that lately. And up until the weekend, Lockie Neal was the guy in the Freeman and midfield that was doing all the heavy lifting. But I just think with Nat Fife, if you started with him and you got to this point, yes, he was dropping cash, but when you potentially got a midfielder that can on any one-off week, he, he can go 140, 150. Um, you know, we're probably not going to see the runs of it, but yeah. just over the next few weeks, I'd be sitting on him and waiting and make that decision when his buy comes around as to whether you're offloading then to a round 11 or round 12 mid. Um, if I was looking at Scooter, I, I don't think I'd be downgrading a potential, you know, M8 player for him. Okay, fair enough too. Uh, look, one of the most popular trades this week, and understandably so, it's been that way last week and it will be again this week, is picking up uh, the most popular cash cow at the moment, dual position mid-forward Adelaide Crow, Hugh Greenwood, with a break-even of negative 78. With the three trades available to us every single week of the multi-buy rounds, I think it's pretty safe fish. This is probably one of the better-looking cash cows we've got for the rest of the year. He's playing his role. Uh, he's got the DPP, which is incredibly handy for us, and it gives coaches the flexibility of moving on either the likes of some fattened cows in a number of lines or fixing up potentially a Polson, a Black, or a Brett Eddy that may be still rolling through their side, depending on the uniqueness of their team. Yeah, look, I think I heard on the, the media over here in Adelaide that his 10-possession game on the weekend was described as one of the best 10-possession games that some commentators had seen. He's, oh, right. he's come in. He certainly hasn't looked out of place. Um, and as you said, it, you, know, you can put him in there and just roll with him over the next few weeks. He's definitely going to be great for the buyers. Even post-buyers, I think he's locked a position in that side. So when you've got a guy with DPP who can do that, absolutely get him. And as you said, those names that you raised and the very, very small chance that a Brad Eddie gets named this week. Yeah. Then you might look at going sideways to him, um, the other guys as well. But yeah, I think that's the key is, you know, getting warm bodies onto the field over the buy round and get everything happening. There's going to be enough, you know, um, donuts later on in the year. Yeah. So getting guys that are scoring and scoring well at the moment with a clear role in the team, 
it's too hard to ignore him. Something that we can just need to probably throw out for as experienced coaches or new coaches, what can happen we get to the first week of the multi-buy round? We realise we may be one or two short um, of getting the 18 on field that we need or potentially not happy with the 18 and wanting to be able to push out some of those really low rookie scores that are no doubt going to happen this week. However, what can happen is we spend so much time and energy making sure our side's structured okay for round 11 we can overload ourselves into round 13 and actually set ourselves up for failure in that week that anything we may gain in this week or next week of the multi-buy rounds, we may undo at round 13 if we're not careful. I think that's definitely something to look at with the buyers. It's very, very hard to nail every single buy round just due to the, the rookies, the way that the draw falls and everything like that. So usually a way that I look at it is to try and have two really good rounds during the buys mm-hmm. and the third one to be passable. So by passable, you know, if you can get maybe a 1,600, sure. I think that's a passable score in one of the three. The other two are really good rounds for you. Um, you're not going to nail absolutely every one of them. So as you said, don't go and think, oh, you know, I've got to trade, trade, trade this week to get all these players on field if it actually makes it worse for you in a couple of weeks' time. Have a look at your side, sit back, you know, work it out from there and be prepared that one of the weeks, yes, may look bad on paper, but most people are going to be in the same boat and going to have one slower week across the three-week period. All right. And uh, speaking of um, moving our way through the rounds uh, over the next couple of weeks, we've alluded to Hugh Greenwood already and his good break even. Scott Selwood's another one coming in that round 12 by... Then we do have a couple of round 13 cash cows. They have only played one game, but they look solid and they're certainly viable options. James Cousins from Hawthorne at a basement price of just over 109000 uh, Then in the back line, not a bad first game back for him. Certainly not a standout, but solid. Uh, a score of around about 67, I think it was, for Matthew Scharenberg. A couple of grand off $200,000. Both of these guys looked good. If they keep their role in this side, which I'd be very shocked given how their sides played on the weekend if they moved on, they will be on the bubble for us coming into round 12, which is almost the worst possible timing. But we do need to factor in the likes of a David Myers and Andy Otten may still be there in your side. Maybe it's an Andrew McGrath. We may be looking at downgrading a week's time to these guys on the bubble from round 13, but still building up the amount of round 13 players in our side and not moving them on. Yeah, I think um, if you've got a McGrath sitting in your back line, then a, a downgrade to a Scharenberg probably works out well structurally for you. McGrath may score a little bit more, but I think with Scharenberg, he played a pretty solid game on the weekend mm. and, and with time should continue to develop into that role across halfback. Yep. Beautiful kick at the footy and you can see, you know, they'd, they'd love to get the ball in his hands because they have had a few issues kind of this year running it out of the back half. I think that's it's not a bad trade, and I think out of the two guys that you mentioned, Scharenberg's probably the one with the better job security. Yeah. Um, Collingwood did make him play that month in the VFL and build up some pretty strong form. Uh, I think with the hope that getting those miles in his legs would set him up to play out the rest of the season. Um, Cousins, yeah, looked really impressive in the lower ages. He's always been able to find the football, never been a problem. And Hawthorne have given a couple of kids a real good yeah. run at it this year. You know, we saw Hardwick come in and he's still running around on the side. They've had a few other ones in and out. But I think with Cousins, there's, yeah, there's just something about him. He could potentially stay in for an extended run, um, something to look at. You know, as you're talking about that buy balance thing, that 
you know, you might be looking at the fact that, yeah, adding another round 13 player, you may only have 17 on the field in round 13, but if you're trading, say, a Zach Fisher to a, a Cousins or someone along those lines, or even a Ballack to a Cousins mm. who isn't even playing, does it really matter then? Like, you know, Zach Fisher's probably going to put up a 30 or a 40 for yeah. you. You're going to trade him and make over 100,000. So there are other things to look at as well. But yes, you may, on paper, weaken your team, but what you do with that money that you get from that downgrade, might enable you to get you know another fattened up rookie to a premium and you pick up 50 or 60 points there so it doesn't have to be 18 on field during the buy rounds use these cash cows as best you can over the next few weeks because realistically while i'm sure there are other ones coming through it's looking very very hard to find them there certainly is something you've alluded to just in the past couple of minutes there is about looking forward to improving your side and so that you're exiting the multi-buy rounds with a stronger side. So part of it also is not just identifying the cash cows and the trades you're going to make over the next couple of weeks, but it's also looking at the premiums coming off their buy and potentially with some value attached to them as well that you can bring in. One is a Jake Lloyd at that two really stung coaches that had him in dream team last week. The benefit for those without him, he's already dropped $40,000 this week. He won't play this week with Sydney on the buy, but with a break even of 166, he'll drop under 500,000. No problem at all. He could be a perfect option for you to be able to move for around about a hundred thousand dollars. Someone like an Andy Otten or a McGrath, these round 13 defenders up to a Jake Lloyd for just 100k, even though he still could be cheaper the week after. Yeah, and that's the thing, that if you can pick up you know, 40 or 50 points in that week just from having him, it's well worth you know, getting him in if it's only going to save you another 20 grand. They're the types of players that you need to be identifying at the moment and working through the buys with them. The last thing you want to do over these buy rounds, you know, you get three trades a week, is to either just go... Uh, premium to premium to premium type thing and just be sideways jumping through the buys. You mm. still need to come out of it. And most teams on paper are probably trying to look at a point where they're getting out of the buy rounds with only one or two upgrades needed still, yeah. if not putting a completed team out on the park. Talk to me then about a guy by the name of Gary Ablett. This time last week, you and I are discussing that he's probably of the guys coming off the round nine by of Port Adelaide and Gold Coast players. He was probably the guy in terms of the best value midfielder for us to go and get. With him now spending that extra week off to heal his shoulder up, the club have said they've been a little bit more conservative about it, and understandably so. Does that turn dream team coaches away from picking him up? Because given what he'd done over the opening eight weeks of the year, the fact that he's a little bit under 700000 that's a lot of money to be paying for a guy that certainly can score well, and not done it this year, but really the past 500 years. Um, but does that put a question mark on trading him in this week, if he's even named at all? I don't know that it does, to be honest. You're still looking at someone like him as a premium that will play every buy around. But yeah. the big thing now with him is it's, that price in comparison to other guys. So, you know, you've got a, a Rory Sloan at $100,000 less if you can manage to sneak him into your side. You know, Dusty Martin, similar type figures. So guys that will probably go at the same as him for the remainder of the season. Um, yes, you're going to miss one buy round with them. Sure. I think personally that's where I'd be looking now is, yeah, I was a little bit excited last week about him, but when you sit down and think about that price, there's a few question marks that need to be raised, and durability is certainly one of them. 
and paying $700,000 for a guy that potentially could still miss a few games, um, uh, yeah, I'd rather just look at one of the other guys and use that extra money that you save to possibly upgrade another player to make up the points that you may miss over one week to the ball around. So is there any upgrade targets on the horizon for coaches this week? Again, of course, you can go and pick someone from around 12 by. You can go and pick someone up from around 13 by. But is there anyone from Port Adelaide and Gold Coast that in Dream Team we can genuinely look at and go, they're going to be from now to the end of the year in the conversation of the top in that line? Because to me, I really seem to be only coming up with two names. Jasper Pittard in the back line. Yes, you could build a case for KK, but I don't think he'd be in the top 10. Um, close, but not in the top 10. And then probably the other would be Aaron Hall. Definitely Pittard. And, and don't be scared off by one bad game because it's pretty much, it wasn't even a bad game as such in terms of scoring. It was a bad half for him. Um, mm. He actually had a decent second half. And apart from that, it's been pretty consistent the whole way through. So I'd still be looking at him uh, as an option if you've got you know all the big names in your back line. Aaron Hall, maybe, you know, I think he's gone up another 40,000 this week, but he's certainly back to that form where he just racks up the ball. Um, <clears throat> and he's a good option to go 100, just over the 600,000. So I think, I think I said last week, if you're you know trying to pick between him and Gaz, I still think Hall with the extra 80,000 difference that's there roughly yeah. is probably the one to go out of the two. We did mention Ebert uh, last yes. week, and again, you know, put up some big numbers, but... I think, you know, it's one of those things that we've spoken about in the past. It's just a name thing. People probably feel a bit funny with the likes of an Abbott sitting there in their, their midfield just when they look at it and can't quite picture him there at the end. But yeah. certainly the numbers that he's putting up have been quite good. Um, yeah, other than that, you mentioned KK. Look, if you need a D6, D7, if you're planning on keeping, say, a Newman, a Newman yeah. yeah, they're not the worst two to have at D6 and D7. Um, and the other one I think we mentioned last week who you can pretty much scratch off the list now is probably your Tuke Miller, yep. um, just as an underpriced. Unless drastic things happen at the Gold Coast, yeah, you just cannot touch him now, I think, for the rest of the year. It almost is becoming like that very much with Tuke. He, he did have some a fair chunk of midfield time, but like the rest of his team, pretty much from halftime, were just nowhere to be cited. You are going to have to start seeing guys like Lions, Swallow, Barlow to a lesser, almost those similar type of midfielders they have because they've got so many of them now out of that side to to free Took back up into that midfield role. And barring mass droppings or injuries, I just don't think you can go there. No, I, I, I was keen a little while ago, so I didn't keep dropping just to, you know, one of those nice players that you can swing between the midfield and forward line and, and try and have a little bit of good cover. But yeah. Just not interested now. Yeah, no, fair enough too. All right, man. So last question before we go. How many trades, again, every side's unique, leaving the buy, and maybe it's the wrong question, how many trades should a team ideally have left exiting the buy? Is that the right question or is the better question, how many upgrades left to go should they have in comparison to the amount of trades left? So I, I generally like to think that if you've got a completed team and by completed, you know, you're talking guys like Newman potentially as D7 as opposed to on the field. Mm-hmm. I always think, you know, six to eight trades when you've got that completed team, you can pretty much run out the last eight weeks of the season with six trades. Sure. The rest of your side's fine. 
You've got your DPP there, you know, guys like we spoke about Greenwood and that, who are very good cover, um, floating them through there. So six to eight. So if you come out of the buys and you can look at your side and you think, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, the guys that I've got in, on the field in each position, comfortable they're going to be amongst the better scorers in their group. Sure. Yeah. Anywhere from that six to eight would be perfect. With, with a side that you would deem as finalised. Yes. All right, fair enough. Well, look, as we have said earlier in this episode, you've got the Thursday night game, so you will have the option to vice-captain loophole, let's be honest, Tom Mitchell. Feel free to do it on anybody else, but if you're a Tom Mitchell owner, like, seriously, why else would you do that? But from the moment that that Thursday night game kicks off, all your trades from that point on are unreversible, even if they don't include Hawthorne or Port Adelaide players. So once you pull the trigger post-Thursday or even before pulling the trigger and the Thursday night game has kicked off, if you've done a trade, it will be locked away for that week. So certainly make sure you're really happy with that move. So do all the adjustments and the rage trades and getting the balance and the structure right. And then, of course, before that Thursday night game kicks off. Make sure you're happy with how your side is looking. Uh, It's a fun part of the year, though, Fish. This really, this next month of footy is the biggest period of moving in terms of overall ranks and potentially if you play through the leagues as as well. This next month of footy is where you can really make up some ground if you're a little behind or forge further ahead if you're having a cracking start to the year. So it's a good time of the year. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, those that have spent a bit of time and they've looked into it with starting squads and they've looked into it the way that they're trading through the season, you might be a little bit behind the eight ball at the moment, but if you've done that extra bit of work and you're set up ready to go and, and things fall your way, um, it's a great period of year because, yeah, you can make some significant gains over the next three weeks. All right, well, good luck to you. Thank you for your work today, Fish. Thanks, mate. Of course, at sportstech.com is where you can go and check out all the articles. Uh, make sure you sign up to the assistant coach if you haven't done so already. gives you access to all the numbers, the break-evens, the predictions, uh, and really does help you with your dream team side. Good luck with the moves you may this make this week. And next week, we'll help you identify which premiums coming off their buy are right for your side.